great day, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the Strategic Possibilities Show, where we discuss success and growth to help you launch potential in your personal and professional life. My name is Emmett Ferguson, and I am your host. Hello, wonderful people. This is another episode of the 10 Ideas Lists, and this is Ideas List. It's uh, based on check number 4906-8. And for this list, we're going to be talking about 10 pine cones as forest ideas. Now, if you're not familiar with the story, the 10, uh, the pine cones story, so there's a popular story about success and being able to see the bigger picture. And this story is going to help you realize that. And there's a, there's a story about a guy, he goes into uh, to a meeting with someone who's very successful. His dad had, you know, set up a meeting and he wanted him to, meet this person and when he met this person uh he's supposed to be very successful he's supposed to give him a bunch of advice and the guy drove drove like miles and miles like almost a hundred miles to go meet up with this guy at a random bar and after he meets the guy he goes in there and the guy only asks him the really successful business person asks the guy who went to go see him just one thing and all he asked him was when you think of a pine cone what do you think of and the guy who was looking for mentorship, he asks, he thinks like, okay, well, obviously, you know, I, I can know right now that if I think pine cones, if I think of a pine cone and I think it's just squirrel food or, or seeds, then I'm probably going to be lo lose this, right? I'm probably going to be, a, it's going to be a losing answer. So he's, you know, what I see is I see a tree. And then the guy who uh, this guy had go to go see for a very for, uh, to that very long distance, he goes, you know what I see? I see a forest and everything that comes along with that. So the moral of the story for this this pine cones as a forest, I that when you see something to see the bigger picture of what it can possibly be. You know, you constantly talk, hear people talking about go spot the opportunities, go take action, go find things that you can do. And a lot of times it's right in front of us because you're able to, and when you develop this, when you could see pine cones as forests, instead of just, you know, seeing a pine cone as a pine cone, just as a painter might see, a traveling experience as an idea for a new painting or a novelist might listen or read a book or story about a famous battle and think of it as a idea for a battle scene in their story. You've got these pine cones as forests to see beyond just what something is and to see what can be, you know, to see the bigger picture, to see, how things can be applied to other people's lives value and everything like that. And with that, we're going to go ahead and get started. And number one is Elon Musk. And this comes from Elon Musk. I, I do not take credit for this idea. I just heard it somewhere. I heard it on a interview that he did. And he said that the government makes I think they, he said something about that the government does like something poorly, but they make great customers. So with that, I don't remember what he said. The government doesn't do well, but he said the, the government does make an amazing, which is pretty interesting when you can, 
you know, reach a level and you're not seeing the government as this policing system or this governing body or this political force. You see it as customers, potential customers, people that need your services, people that need your products, people that have a lot of things to manage around the world. And then number two, and that's Elon Musk. I mean, obviously he's working with NASA and everything to do spaceships. So, you know, we might not all precisely be at that level anytime, you know, in the near future, or but maybe in the far future, you know, there's going to be people that come to, you know, become more like that. I mean, you got competitors like Jeff Bezos's Blue Blue Origin and uh, Virgin Galactic, Virgin Galaxy, Virgin Galactic, whatever that. The name of uh, Richard Branson's company is. And then number two, we've got small businesses as business partners. So here's another way to see uh, a pine cone as a forest where a pine cone, where one person might see a pine cone or a small business as just a small business or just a, you know, income generator or someone that someone that you could go to to buy products or services, they can be seen as business partners. So you've got one business that might be small that sells hats and you've got another business that has a business that, you know, does public events and together as a business partner, you can sell the hats at the public events as opposed to just thinking of them of them as customers. And then you've got tons and tons of small businesses that can work together in that area. Number three, oh, this is a bit controversial. So if you're not ready for this, I would skip from this section for the next like three minutes. I'm going to give you a chance to do that now. This is a, a, a not a kid-friendly topic, but porn stars as popular spokespeople for consumer products. So thinking about porn stars, you know, a lot of people don't really don't there's a negative stigma to their business for you know a variety of reasons but you know what like they make phenomenal spokespeople for products phenomenal spokespeople they have huge audiences that you know around the world and despite what you might think about you know sex sells sex does sell and while I'm not saying that this is the best way to go about things for any products, I mean, why not have have them as popular spokespeople? I mean, they're popular. You know, there's a group of people that don't or don't agree with their choice of work, but then there's an entire, entire huge population of people that will either find it amusing, find it interesting, or, you know, just find it reputable, right? To be able to get someone very famous. Um, number four, books as pseudo immortality. All right, so we're gonna get down to the concept of immortality. Now let's talk about what that really means. We're not talking about physically living for forever and ever and ever. We're talking about idea of a person, right? Because right now I'm experiencing this moment, you're experiencing this moment, you're listening or or what have you, maybe you're just watching through the captions and you know, your, your mind is available, right? And you think that as soon as our mind is gone, that we no longer exist in some way, but you know, on the contrary, there's a lot of people 
or philosophies and, you know, people who believe that, you know, there is a level of existence afterwards, right? Like the movie Coco, amazing movie. I think it's either Pixar or Disney or something. So it's an amazing movie. And it talks about how people's spirits live on as long as their photos is still existing, right? So there's that type of immortality where as long as you're continuing, as long as your idea, you know, Sam Walton, his name, his brand is not necessarily, you know, he isn't immortal, but his idea of Walmart has come to stand the test of time. And, you know, it's probably going to be around for as long as I can, as long as I'm alive. So, you know, we can call it what it is, but pseudo immortality. So books, if you think about books, what other way can you get your ideas, your experiences, your knowledge, everything that you've wanted to experience onto onto, you know, to exist for a longer amount of time. I mean, in Coco, the focus is one thing, but imagine having books. Books is in a way to be pseudo immortal, right? Um, you know, it won't keep you physically alive forever, but it'll like keep your ideas going. It'll be an opportunity for you to, in essence, have your ideas and your philosophies and your beliefs around for at least a generation or two, depending on how popular your book is. And number Number five, ideas as big, massive, real things and inspiration. Okay, so this is thinking about these ideas. Instead of seeing ideas as just, you know, an idea, because people are, people will say things like, well, an idea is just an idea until it gets put into action, right? So you get, you hear about things like this, but what if an idea is much bigger than that? What if an idea is pretty a, a massive, big, massive, it's, it's a real thing. It's an inspiration. It takes someone from level zero of, or from level 20 out of a hundred in their life. And an idea just sparks in their mind that launches them to a hundred. Obviously that's, to put in the actions, but it's just that simple idea in itself that can motivate that action because it is a real thing. If it wasn't a real thing, if an idea was not a big thing or real big, massive, real thing, and it wasn't an inspiration, people wouldn't fight over ideas. People wouldn't, you know, put intellectual property rules around ideas and things like that and, and all that. So number six, a newsletter as a media company. So instead of looking at, if you're just starting a newsletter, if you've heard about the business of writing newsletters or like that, and you've ever considered it, instead of just seeing, seeing it as a s single newsletter, what you can do is you can see it as a media company. You're starting a media company. You're starting a brand that produces content and media. This way you're looking at the bigger picture and what else can come from it as opposed to just... The newsletter. Now, there is some some people that might say, "Well, you should just focus on one thing." You know, don't start trying to do all these wild things. And then the others who say, "Dream big, go big, and you know, start working towards it." And the bigger you dream, the more likely you're going to achieve even further than what you had felt you wanted before. So, number seven, you got an ocean cleanup as space cleanup when it gets commercial. All right, so here's looking bigger, bigger now. There's this famous project that's called the, the Ocean Cleanup where a 
young man decide, designed a way to put something in the ocean that floats along with the currents. And the currents, the way the currents work is they, they push the garbage into this big net thing. And because the net moves slower than the garbage, it collects it. And I think it's an interesting design. I don't know how it's doing. I'm pretty sure it's going through the first phases. But soon enough, I mean, if that becomes very successful, eventually when we start populating space, they recently heard Joe Rogan posted something about the fact that there's uh, the, the Pentagon is releasing information about aliens or, or UFO, not aliens, but UFOs. Um, you know, this is going to be huge. Things are getting weird, right? So, so ocean space cleanup, it's, uh, when space cleanup becomes commercial, when people are going to be traveling through space on a regular basis, you're going to need somebody to clean up the atmosphere because you think about traveling through that treacherous territory that spins around really, really fast or, or all the, that stuff moving around the planet as people travel through space, you're going to want to clean that up. Someone's going to have to figure out how. And number eight, bots as low-cost assistants. So bots, if you've heard of the, the bot industry, the pseudo-artificial intelligence, the ones that like chat, remote chat, where you go to like your favorite business and then you they ask you if you need any help and you ask them for help and they say, oh, we'll connect you with the live, live somebody live here soon. But in the meantime... Do you want to, did you check the facts? Did you uh, consider this? Was this helpful? So here's the thing is a human, human assistant is very expensive. Uh, well, not anymore, but like a really good assistant. We're talking like a really good executive assistant. That's like on point that, you know, knows their stuff that knows technology that's able to command the attention that you need. Um, you know, they can get pretty expensive just to be just as an assistant. Uh, I mean, there's tons of other assistants out there who, you know, just maybe do some data entry, but there's potentially bots who can act as low cost assistants for anything that you need. Uh, anything that computers can do that you need, whether it's doing outreach, whether it's doing your marketing, whether it's doing, Mm, like research. So you can consider bots as just low cost assistants. And until you know, you're ready to bring on a human assistant that could tackle more jobs. And here's the other thing is like bots at this point right now are probably still in the process of developing into better things. But with that, you've got bots as low-cost assistants. And number nine, mindfulness as a way to connect with the world. All right, so this is a little bit more, more, um, more mindful, more about the mind as opposed to a product or service or something or something related to business. And... When it comes to mindfulness, right? Mindfulness is basically, you know, if you had to summarize it in just as easy as possible, like just being present in the moment, being aware of where you are, what you're doing, what your body's doing, where your body is, what, what location you're at. 
and what your surrounding looks like. Oh, so mindfulness, as opposed to just that, maybe you can consider it as a way to connect with the entire world, right? Not just being in the moment right now, but literally being in the moment as it relates to everything in the universe. Now, this is much tougher than you know it seems, and it, it, it probably goes much into depth about it goes much into depth about uh, mindfulness and training and, you know, the philosophy of that type of stuff, but it could be another way to see mindfulness. And number 10, a CRM as a tool to predict future income. So here's an interesting one. Now consider that what a CRM is, a customer relationship management tool. And consider that, you know, when you put that, put in the values in there, what you're really doing is looking at it as a way to possibly predict the income for your future. Now think about the consequences of that. And, you know, of course, this is very businessy, right? You're not going to be able to necessarily apply this if you're just like freelancing or if you're just, you know, doing day-to-day work. But if you're a big business and you've got thousand, a thousand employees, thousand salespeople, and you know, a thousand salespeople are accurately forecasting deals, their offers, their product sales, of their deals and all that, there's like a thousand of them, then this is going to help you predict or at least uh, uh, predict what your or forecast what your income is going to be in the future, your revenue is going to be. So just as an example, take or, or consider that you've got a thousand employees and 500 of them have a hundred percent of closing, closing a hundred dollars in the next month or for this quarter, right? Before the end of the month in the next two weeks. So 500 Five, five hundred fifty thousand. So you're estimating about fifty thousand dollars of income for that month, or before the end of the month. And in the second half of those thousand people, you got five hundred other people, and you got they got about fifty percent of closing. So basically, your goal uh, to you know, yeah, the hundred percent is going to be very good, and you know, I don't know how you reach a number of a hundred percent of five hundred people, but when you get the second half of the 500 people, you know, you can do multiple things. You could say, oh, well, these have 50% of closing. So maybe I'll just forecast that 50% of the the $100. So, or $100 times 250, which would be 25,000. So you might end up with 75,000 for the, for the, just for those last two weeks or so, right? If you're hiring employees, you're going to hope that they're going to bring in more than $100 per person per for, for three months. But it's just an example for rounded numbers, easy numbers. So then you're just gonna say, okay, so that's my forecast for this month. That's it. And you know, it's that simple, like to, to forecast your income. I mean, it's so valuable to be able to potentially do that. And with that, those are the 10 ideas, the 10 pine cones as forest ideas. If you like these ideas, if you felt like that you could put them in ad, if you heard of them before be sure to like share subscribe comment uh check the link and information below to sign up for the ideator journal as well 
And with that, this is Strategic Possibilities. Connect me with me on at MindsetFerg or through social media, YouTube. Leave a like, share, subscribe, comment, and look forward to interacting with you. Have a wonderful day.